This is The Actors Room. Welcome back, everybody, to another episode. This one, number 60. And today, we talk about James Kahn. Learned a lot about this guy. Looking forward to talking about him. A year ago, he was referenced and recommended by a buddy of mine, and it took me about a year to do it. When he said, do James Kahn, I said, yeah, I will, eventually. Thinking to myself, really not going to learn that much about him, whatever. I was absolutely and completely wrong. This is going to be fun, folks. Hang on tight, James Kahn episode. Here we go. You know, and a lot of young you these young Marlin? kids today. You ever seen Marlon? No, I haven't seen him in a long time. Yeah, I don't know how he spends his time. I mean, I you know, he's the person I most want to get on the show. Oh, he's a, he's certainly an interesting guy. <laughs> no, he's an interesting guy. <laughs> yeah, but you know, I mean, I it, I've never seen him do television the way that I want to see him do it, and he, you know. I he's know. got his he's got his head full of stuff. I know, I know he does. He was great because he, he did he, he change acting though. Marlon changed acting, didn't he? And when he I came along, he got after, the point after where him, he just didn't care. You know? Oh, did he change no, acting? Yeah, yeah, right. Did he change? He, without a doubt, and anybody <laughs> tells you different is lying. <laughs> he 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 did more to influence every young actor, certainly of my generation, really? than anybody yeah. ever, right. ever. Now, what was it? Unpredictability, I yeah. think, and I think because you know, uh, as I say, you know, the, the, every movie you go to, every story Shakespeare told, every story there is. Yeah, right. I mean, there's just no more story, and he probably <laughs> yeah. stole it from the Greeks. Right. You know, <laughs> so the truth is, the waves are many, and the end is one. Yeah. So the good guy wins, the bad guy loses, the good guy gets the girl. You know what I mean? Yeah. So what keeps you in the chair if you know, you know, if you know the end? Because yeah. the end is inevitable. Yeah, right. It's I think is that on how that guy gets there. That one guy, you don't have to really, you know, analyze it, but there's something about watching Brando when we watched him, because there was that unpredictability. He could, could snap, he could, you, you just didn't know, and that kept your butt in the seat. And I think that's what makes uh, great actors, not necessarily movie stars, but great actors. Jimmy fucking Khan talking about Brando. Isn't that wonderful? Anybody that gives Brando high respect, is high on my list. And Mr. Jimmy Khan is very high on my list. Hearing him talk about Brando and the things that Brando would do, bring to the screen that, you know, maybe other actors don't do. And one of the things he said, and I wanted to note that, is the fact that Brando brought something to the screen that was kind of dangerous and different. He made you want to see him again on the screen because he was doing something different. And I think that's why actors like James Caan, Robert Duvall, and people that grew up during that time period really respected Brando. And that's one of the things that I respect about Caan. Both Brando and Caan worked together in one of the greatest movies of all time. Well, in my opinion, The Godfather. And from what my research tells me, is that they had a blast making this movie. Get this. Brando, Khan, and Robert Duvall had a contest. A contest on set on who could give the greatest mooning. You heard me right. Mooning. And if you don't know what mooning means, it means... You drop your trousers and you show your ass. Usually in a way that's shocking. Like, oh my God, they just showed me their ass. (laughs) Usually this is done to shock people, scare them, just to get a little reaction. So I guess Khan came up with the idea of this mooning contest. Khan wanted to keep things light on the set. And I guess Robert Duvall had stated in the past that James Khan is one of the funniest actors he ever worked with, alongside Bill Murray. So that's some pretty high company. Anyways, getting back to the mooning, Brando, Khan, and Duvall 
were mooning one another at inappropriate times during the shoot. So at any time, you could see Brando's ass, Duvall's ass, and Khan's ass at very inappropriate times. That was the contest to see who could be most shocking. And they were having a ball, a blast. Brando even had championship belts made to hand out to people that did a good job after the film wrapped. Now, can you imagine that? I mean, it's great. You're working on a picture, right? Trying to be all serious, doing a scene, whatnot. And then moments later, you're faced with a bare white ass in your face. Now that is a moment to remember. But that is what some actors would do. Actors like Khan, anyway. They have fun on the set. And they have fun with acting. I will never forget something one of my acting teachers told me at the neighborhood playhouse. He said, always try to remember this. And what you're really doing here at the acting school, it's called a play. You are in a play. It's supposed to be fun. Play, for Christ's sake. Play. And that is what James Kahn is all about. And what he referenced in that clip I played for you in the beginning about Brando. He felt that Brando's greatness was in his ability to do something unexpected. To keep the audience on their toes. The audience pretty much knows what the ending is going to be like, usually. But it's all the stuff in between that makes it interesting. Welcome back to the Actors Room. My name is Jeff Tarowski. It's good to be back, actually. Doing it every two weeks, I long, I really longed to do this episode this week. It felt like the last one I did was about two months ago. I told myself earlier today, I was like, it seems like I haven't done this in years. Of course, I just said months, but... In reality, it seems longer than that. I used to do it every week, and now I'm not. So I really looked forward to doing this episode of James Kahn. James Kahn, he's hilarious. I mean, he's got a great sense of humor. From my research, I think the number one thing I found out is that he has a great sense of humor. He gave a strange interview I saw a few days ago. I don't know when this interview took place, but he's sitting I believe in his house. And he's talking to this guy. This interviewer was like this deadpan comedian. Now, I didn't recognize him. I don't know how popular this guy is. I forgot to write his name down. But anyways, they're sitting in Khan's house on the couch. The interviewer is asking him questions in this very deadpan, monotone voice. And right off the bat, you could tell Khan is a little uncomfortable Mentions to the guy, wow, you have a really strange uh, delivery. Okay, we'll go with this. So the guy starts asking him all these stupid questions. Obviously, the guy just wants to look like an asshole. Khan went along with it. He actually made it fun. This interviewer asked questions like, what brand of shoe is your favorite? I mean, these totally off-the-wall questions. Although some of the questions he did ask were kind of funny. And James Kahn would react off of them in a deadpan way himself. And he kept it light. Kept it fun. All right, It showed a side of James Kahn that really did appeal to me. And the things that I've heard about him in the past. That he's a pretty laid back guy. He doesn't seem that way with his characters that he plays. But I think for the most part, he's a laid back guy. He likes to have fun. Keep it light. Always joking around. Something that I... Love about a performer that's, you know, you can't take yourself too seriously, I think. That's a problem. That's a risk that you take when you take yourself too seriously. James Kahn is not one of those people. I did some extensive research and a hard time finding out about his childhood. I couldn't find that much about his childhood. I looked at biographies. 
I couldn't find any. I tried to see if he had any books about him. I couldn't find any. <laughs> I was like, even just a little bit of something about his childhood, uh, you know, where you can get some more information about somebody just by learning about how they grew up and maybe some stories about what happened to him when he was a kid. Nah, I couldn't find much. So I get the impression, okay, that he attempts to keep the lid on most personal business. That's just con. So let's get underway in diving deep into the life, times, and career of the very talented Jimmy Khan. James was born on March 26th, 1940 at 10.31 p.m. in the Bronx, New York. His mother's name was Sophie and her last name Falkenstein and his father's name was Arthur. Both his parents were Jewish immigrants from Germany. That's right. James Kahn is Jewish. He's Jewish, which means he doesn't have one shred of Italian blood in his body. I say what? <laughs> I seriously believed, and I'm not fucking kidding, that this guy was straight up 100% Italian about two years ago. I read somewhere that Khan was Jewish, and I laughed. Just because, not because he's Jewish, of course, but because I thought he was Italian for that long. I just assumed he was Italian. He pulled off Sonny Corleone so well. I had no doubt in my mind. And I was like, what? Okay, he probably has some Italian, right? No, <laughs> he doesn't. Not Italian at all. Now get this, this is funny. James Kahn has been named Italian of the Year twice in New York. Twice. I'm Jewish, he says. And I keep telling them that. But they keep giving me the award. <laughs> they just keep giving it to me, he said, after a few times. And they go, well, you're Italian of the Year. Which means you're an Italian today. Khan says, fine. Who can argue with that? I mean, isn't that great? His character in The Godfather, Sonny, was such an impact on the city and state of New York that they named him Italian of the Year two times, even though he's Jewish. He says, guys, I'm Jewish. You know that, right? Doesn't matter. We love you in the Italian community, and you are Italian today. And so he went ahead graciously and accepted the awards. I mean, here you have Khan. Portraying Sonny in The Godfather. Tough as hell. I mean, just a tough fucking guy. Look at the shoulders on that guy. Fuck. I mean, really intimidating. And I guess that's one of the nicknames of James Kahn when he was a kid. Shoulders. They called him Shoulders. And also, Killer Khan. Whoa! Shoulders and Killer Khan. I think... He was a bit of a badass back in the Bronx. I guess his dad was a butcher. And Jimmy has a brother, Ronnie, and his sister, Barbara. His sister would grow to be an important part of his life. She would actually run his production company in years to come. Though born in the Bronx, Khan grew up in Sunnyside, Queens. And when I lived in New York... I lived in Astoria, Queens. That was my residence back in the day in New York. And Sunnyside is actually just a bit south of Astoria. Not that far away. And I liked Queens, actually. Very ethnic. Uh, little mom and pop businesses all over the place, which I love. You know, the way old neighborhoods used to be. That area. That is where Jimmy Kahn grew up. Now, Jimmy Kahn was a true New Yorker. And enjoyed playing sports. He remembers that the playground was right across the street from his house when he was a kid. 
He absolutely adored to play baseball and football. And the Yankees will be forever his team. Here's Khan on his childhood. Quote, I'm growing up in Sunnyside, he said. I really believe that you grow up a certain way in New York. There's a New York morality, a sense of loyalty. You know how to win and lose. There are a thousand kids outside. You know who to push and you know who not to push. There's a sixth sense you develop just because it's New York. End of quote. James Kahn attended Rhodes High School in New York and then went on to Michigan State to give it a go with a career in football. Well, after a while, football, it wasn't working out. The coach, the head coach, felt that Jimmy just wasn't cut out to play college football. So, football career, not going to happen. He's got to find something else to do with his life, right? So, now that sports was out of the question, he decided to move back closer to home, get out of Michigan State, and then he enrolled in Hofstra University. Khan says that he went week to week changing his major. He just didn't know what was for him. But the only constant, the only constant interest for him was the theater. Quote, it was the only thing that held my interest at the time. End quote. His fellow classmate at Hofstra was Francis Ford Coppola. Hmm, nice connection. Jimmy then went on to interview for a spot at the Neighborhood Playhouse School of Theater and got accepted. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Jimmy and I went to the same acting school, the Neighborhood Playhouse. Now, he studied under its founder, Sanford Meisner. And I heard that Sanford Meisner is one tough son of a bitch. Those teachers back then were tough. I mean, these teachers, like Sanford Meisner, were part of the group theater. Hardcore, just in-your-face, acting all the time. That was their life. And they were passionate about it. And they slept, ate, breathed theater. And came up with some really great methods. Methods that are still used Today, Sanford Meisner was one of three pioneer teachers that entered New York City in the 40s and 50s and 60s and made a huge, I mean, I mean a fucking huge impact. Not only was there Meisner that started the Neighborhood Playhouse, but there was Stella Adler, who was part of the, uh, I think it was called the School of Research. Marlon Brando went there. And there was also Lee Strasberg, who started the actor studio. Those are the three big ones. And Sanford Meisner made it known that his technique, called the Meisner Technique, was essential in creating great actors. And you have to remember, back then, all right, he produced some fantastic talent at the Playhouse. Look it up. I don't have time. Uh, there will be a few actors that I will state in this episode that went to the Playhouse. But you got to look it up. Look up the alumni of the Neighborhood Playhouse. I think they've, the actor's studio comes pretty close to producing great actors. But the Playhouse, they did pretty damn good too. Anyways, Sanford Meisner was indeed a pioneer. And Khan learned from one of the best. He studied at the Playhouse for five years. Incredible. Because presently, the Playhouse offers only a two-year program. That's a big difference. So Khan was getting extra training in the old days. And the Playhouse would produce off-Broadway plays for many people to see. It was just a different time back then, in the late 50s and early 60s. Now here's a quote. Quote, 
I just fell in love with acting, Khan later recalls. And of course, all of my improv ended in violence, end of quote. James began his off-Broadway career in plays like La Ronde before making his Broadway debut in Blood, Sweat, and Stanley Poole. His first television role was in an episode of Naked City. Shows that followed were Route 66, The Untouchables, and Wide Country. Then his first film role was in Irma Lidoche, in 1963, it was an uncredited role as a sailor. And um, I apologize if I'm pronouncing those titles incorrectly. I'm not French. I believe that's French. Irma Le Dolch, 1963. Khan began to impress audiences with his performance in Red Line 7000. And that was in 1965, his first starring role. It was an auto racing drama. Jimmy claims to have turned down a starring role in a TV series around this time. He is quoted as saying this, quote, I want to be an actor, not a millionaire, end of quote. And this will be a sneak peek into how he would easily turn down roles in the future, and I'm talking about big roles, people, in big films. Then came El Dorado in 1967. He would star alongside John Wayne and Robert Mincham. Those are two big stars. These were some fond memories for Khan. He remembers hanging out with these guys, these legends at the time. Khan would be playing chess with John Wayne between takes. And I guess Khan says, John Wayne cheated. <laughs> you going to call him on that, James? Just be like, fucking asshole. Fucking cheater, John Wayne. I doubt he called him on any of that. I mean, that's John Wayne we're talking about. He'd probably kill him with his like pinky finger. I don't care how tough Mr. Khan was back then. John Wayne, he was a little bit tougher. Anyways, Moving on. The next notable film I want to mention is The Rain People. It was called The Rain People. This is significant because he works with Francis Ford Coppola and Robert Duvall. Keep in mind that both Francis and Duvall worked with Khan in the past. Now this is way before any of them became famous. Coppola and Khan Went to the same college together, right? Hofstra. And then Khan attended the acting school, the neighborhood playhouse, with Duvall. Connections in the business. Khan would go on to say that future roles would become available because he knew people. He was adamant on pointing this bit of information out. In the simplest of terms... It helps to have friends and family in the business. Hollywood is a very small place. It is. And if you find a way in, take it. Take it, take it, take it. It's super important. It's no big mystery. It's none at all. It's who you know and when you know them. Then you make the most of your chances. And that's what Jimmy did. Rain People in 1969 was directed by Coppola. Francis states that this film is one of his best. There are scenes in the picture that were done on location at Hofstra University, which of course is where Khan and Coppola studied drama. Of note is that Duvall credits this film, and this is Robert Duvall, he credits this film as getting him started on the path to stardom. They would end up working together again, both Duvall and Coppola, in five future projects. Two of them were The Godfather and Apocalypse Now. This kicked it off. George Lucas, the creator of Star Wars, was a regular visitor on the set. Now, this is before George made it big. 
before Star Wars fame. I guess Lucas was a film student at the time. Coppola was just starting out on his directing career, and the two struck up a fast friendship and would later collaborate on future projects because of it. Lucas would use this movie, Rain People, to mold his directing by making documentaries about it. You could see him. I guess George Lucas saw this film as an inspiration. Khan shines in the rain people. He carried this film. It's an important and extremely underrated film. Due to its underlying connections and relationships that were built upon it. But it is Khan's next project that would make him a star. It was a television drama called Brian's Song in 1971. What a moving performance by Mr. Jimmy Khan. It was here you truly see the depth of Khan. He checks all the boxes in regards to the character that he played, which was a natural athlete, charming, tough, and emotional. His talents in football were evident on the set. Billy D. Williams played the legend Gail Sayers in the film. Khan was much more athletic than Williams and had to tone it down while performing. I guess Khan actually had to slow down while running with Williams. So Billy D would appear to be faster than him. Love it. James Khan originally turned down the role because he wanted to focus on his film career. Mind you, this was a made-for-TV movie. But it didn't matter. The film, whether it was TV or not, was a huge success. So big that they decided to release it in the theaters. Now that's very rare. They don't do that, usually. Khan was nominated for an Emmy for Best Actor for Brian's Song. Okay, this is how I'm going to do it. Because Khan has been in a lot of projects, I will only highlight the ones that really stuck out to me the most, good or bad. So I just wanted to set that up for the rest of the show. Here we go. Due to the success of Brian's song in The Rain People, Khan, he was a hot commodity now. He had great charisma and great character. Francis Ford Coppola never forgot about him. And that's big because when he was casting his next big project called The Godfather, he knew that Khan would take on one of the Corleone sons. He just didn't know which one yet. Khan auditioned for all of the sons and was originally slated to take on the role of Michael. Francis was okay with this choice at the beginning, but he couldn't get Al Pacino out of his mind. Now, Pacino gave horrible auditions as Michael during the process, and I mean really bad. But there was something about Pacino that Francis liked. Francis's idea of Michael and image of him was much like Pacino, and he couldn't shake it. And although Francis Falcon would have done a very nice job, a very admirable job as Michael, Coppola was convinced that Pacino was born to play the role of Michael. And Francis got what he wanted. Pacino eventually took the role. Now this is just an amazing insight into all of this. Listen to this shit. Khan was on board to play Michael first. The lead character, right? Okay. But Francis wanted Pacino deep down, right? I guess Mr. Pacino was intimidated in taking on the main character of Michael. He felt it would just be too much. Hence, giving unimpressive auditions for the role. Deep down, Al Pacino wanted to play the character Sonny. He felt that Sonny best suited his true makeup as a person. 
Pacino wanted to play Sonny Corleone. Khan wanted to play Michael. What the fuck? (laughs) But of course, the director prevailed and made the right decision. Pacino was Michael. And James Kahn was Sonny. Well done, Francis. Well done. <laughs> hey, what are you going to do? Nice college boy, huh? Didn't want to get mixed up in the family business? Huh? Now you want to gun down a police captain? Why, because he slapped you in the face a little bit? Huh? What do you think, this is the army where you shoot him a mile away? You got to get him close like this, and bing you blow their brains all over your nice cyber league suit. Come in. Bing! Love that. Bada bing! No one says it like Khan, right? Isn't it great? Khan got this line, the bada bing line, from a real life Italian mafia member. His name, Carmine Persico. It is rumored that some of the people that worked on The Godfather were involved with the real mafia. Most were not. And Coppola, the director himself, admits he stayed clear for safety reasons. Good idea, Francis. Khan, on the other hand, he didn't take those precautions. He felt it necessary in his research of Sonny to dive deep into the underworld to gain knowledge about his character. Dangerous, yes. Essential, yes, for James Khan. He didn't mind Hanging around those guys. What a badass. And I think he was one of very few that did this. The mafia could be dangerous, but Khan didn't give a shit. He felt it would help him with the role. Excellent. Don't mind taking a little risk. James Khan was so into his character of Sonny that he truly lost it on the photographer in the beginning of the movie. If you remember, in the beginning of The Godfather, at the wedding... Sonny gets pissed at the people taking photographs. Get the fuck out, he says. Well, Jimmy took it to the next level, acting-wise. He really threw the guy to the ground. The actor was visibly shaken by the experience. (laughs) I'm sure he was. Khan was absolutely devastated and pissed when he found out there was emotional footage from the film that had been cut He was like, what the mother fuck? He confronted producer and writer Robert Evans about this. Quote, hey, you cut my whole fucking part out. What the fuck? End of quote. (laughs) Khan claims, excuse me, Khan claims that 45 minutes of important scenes were cut from the film. Well, Jim, Jimmy, James. It's like a three-hour movie, man. I understand you're fucking super pissed. Your scenes were cut. They're emotional. You went through the ringer, you know. You gave some great stuff and they cut it. It happens. I mean, if they would have kept your stuff in, the movie would have been four hours, bro. But I get it. I get it. Of course, there was the mooning that I talked about. I'd like to point that out again. That during the movie, the guys pulled their pants down and showed... Everybody on set, their ass and sometimes their junk. James Kahn channeled his love for Don Rickles, the comedian, while creating his character of Sonny. And I love this because I am a huge fan of Don Rickles. I think he's hilarious. I go on and I watch Don Rickles on The uh, Tonight Show. Oh, I mean, that's some great stuff. Now, there was a few... Notable neighborhood playhouse students that were involved with this great film. Of course, there was Jimmy Kahn, neighborhood playhouse alum. <sighs> there was, of course, his former classmate, Robert Duvall. <sighs> and Diane Keaton. <sighs> I love Diane Keaton. And all three of them went to the playhouse. Oh, yeah. Now, getting to Khan's acting in The Godfather, so memorable. And this is the show. The actor's room. Talking about great acting. 
I mean, that's what this show is all about. That was the premise of this show from the very beginning. I wanted to talk about great acting, great performances, these wonderful people that I've looked up to for so long. I mean, Jimmy Kahn is an actor that I've watched my whole life. He's been there from the very beginning. When I was a kid, like his face, I look at him and I go, I love that guy. Jimmy Kahn. And that's what this show is all about, people. Following great acting, talking about it, and respecting it, and then glorifying it in a way that you go, yes, I get that. James Kahn was great. What a great actor. And he was in The Godfather. And of course, most of the performances in The Godfather by other castmates were great as well. But James Kahn and Sonny were just unforgettable. He took hold of that firecracker wit that Sonny possessed. He was so good at Sonny that I believed him to be 100% Italian. The guy was just that good. So James Kahn was nominated for an Academy Award as Best Supporting Actor. He then went on to reprise the role of Sonny in the sequel, but of course, very little screen time. The Gambler in 1974. Fucking fantastic. Have to tell you, this is my favorite James Kahn performance. You see levels of acting from Kahn you don't see in other roles. He plays a desperate and pathetic man. You feel sorry for him. And then you don't. And then you feel sorry for him again for a little while. And then you don't. I mean... Just a great job by Khan. See The Gambler, 1974, if you've never seen it. He was nominated for a Golden Globe as Best Actor. Well deserved, but should have won it that year. It was fucking bullshit he didn't. Of note is that Khan hated the director of this movie, and his name was Carol Reich. He said he would never work with him again. And I did some research To see if I can find out what the hell happened between these two. I found nothing. Nothing at all. Would love to know. Then came Funny Lady with Barbara Streisand in 1975. I guess Robert Blake was supposed to take on the role of Billy Rose first. The role that would eventually go to Khan, right? This Billy Rose. Blake was supposed to play it. I guess Barbara Streisand... Even had Blake to her house. She felt the occurrence that it was an audition between Blake and Streisand. And I guess Streisand said that after the two got done with the scene, she said, great. Hey, Robert, do you want the part? Blake scoffed. He said, I thought I had the part before I got here. Are you telling me that I didn't have the part yet? That I was auditioning for this? And Streisand said, yeah. Blake, pissed, got up and stormed out of her house. So this was good news for Khan, for the role was his. There's a part in the film where James Khan is to throw powder at Streisand. Barbara feared that the powder was toxic and didn't want it thrown at her. Khan agreed and said, fine, I won't throw the powder at you. Then moments later, action! And Khan threw the powder in her face. And they both had a good laugh about it. I love stories like that. Goes to show you Khan like the fuck around. (laughs) And, you know, building up sort of the relationship that they had between Barbara and James. They had to have something solid. For him to do that, get away with it, and then for both of them to laugh about it afterwards. Mr. James Kahn speaks very highly of this picture and also has fond recollections of working with Streisand. This garnered him another Golden Globe nomination as Best Actor. The guy was on a roll. Here we go. Gotta talk about something. Personal information about Mr. Khan at this time in his life. 1976. 
His marriage to his second wife, Sheila Ryan, was over, and he was depressed. He was offered some advice by a counselor, he says. He was advised to take a break from his problems. You need a break, Jimmy. Get some much-needed R&R. Take a break. Well, where should I go, Jimmy asked. What do you recommend? Well, how about the Playboy Mansion? What? The Playboy Mansion, you say? Yeah. Um, um, okay, sounds good. What? Can you fucking believe that? It's fucking true. Mr. James Kahn lived in the Playboy Mansion for a considerable amount of time in 1976. And I heard him in interviews say that, yes, I did live at the mansion for a period of time. He didn't get too much into it. My take, he didn't want to reveal what he was doing there. You know, fucking a lot of beautiful women. He had his own room in this place. And he said that he needed to get out of there as soon as he started feeling better because he felt if he stayed, he might have stayed for good. And it was just wrong to have everything done for you. Can you only imagine what it was like in that place for Jimmy Kahn in 1976? Hugh Hefner's there hanging out with you, giving you everything you need. He said, in the middle of the night at 3 o'clock in the morning, you can order a sandwich from room service and get it within five minutes. Wow, that sounds horrible. Glad you got out of there, James. Holy fuck. (laughs) A glimpse. A fucking glimpse into the lives of these people. Crazy fucking lives. Think about it. How they live. That was just a sneak peek, people. This shit goes on. (laughs) The lives that these people lead are fascinating, yes. Crazy, crazy and true. A little scary in a way, though. Right? Very interesting. Anyway, Jimmy Kahn was doing fantastic in his career. He was very picky on what projects he would do. Very picky. The next decade would prove to be challenging in all aspects of his life. He would turn down many successful roles. And I want to point out which roles he turned down. Wow, listen. Dustin Hoffman's character in Kramer vs. Kramer. This garnered Hoffman an Academy Award. Ryan O'Neill's role in Love Story. Big epic film. Gene Hackman's role in The French Connection. That it was nominated for Best Picture. Might have won that year. Richard Dreyfuss's character in Close Encounters of the Third Kind. And Jack Nicholson's role in One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. Could all have been done by Jimmy Kahn. Those are monumental roles he should have taken. And because of this, his career suffers. He just picked the wrong films to star. And it all came to a head in 1982. He did a film called Kiss Me Goodbye. Now let's stop right there for just a moment. I love this movie. I mean, I love it. I grew up watching this movie on HBO in the 1980s. It was on every day. And guess who watched it every day? This guy. It was a part of my childhood, folks. Kiss Me Goodbye. With Jeff Bridges and Sally Field. He plays like this Broadway star that dies. Okay, He's like a dancer, tap dancer. And he dies and he's a ghost through the whole movie. Anyway, it was like a part of my childhood. That's why I liked it so much. The movie itself, iffy at best, but it holds a special place in my heart. Well, Jimmy Kahn fucking despised this movie. I mean, he hated it with his whole soul, which kind of upset me a little bit when I found that out. I was like, God damn it. I like that movie. 
He hated it. Hated it with all his heart. (laughs) He vowed never to make another one like it. So, he's depressed about his career, right? Going down the toilet. And then, he finds out his sister has leukemia and she dies shortly after. Khan was very close to her. And now she was gone. He went into hiding from Hollywood after this for the next five years. No joke. Look it up. He did nothing between 1982 and 1987. He needed the break. He spent time with his family. He found absolute happiness by coaching his son's baseball team. And he would later say that his son Scott was such a hell of a baseball player that he should have went pro. He was that good. And James Kahn remembers back in those days coaching the baseball team. He was so happy that there was one time one of his ball players that he coached, some little kid, little guy, like the littlest kid on the team, got a hold of one of the fastballs and hit it over the fence. Khan says it was one of the happiest moments in his life. Although Khan was getting himself back together mentally, and he was, he had to get back to Hollywood. Why? Well, because he was running out of money. After that five-year stint, the money, gone. There you go. I found that James Kahn made a decision to not let acting and the whole Hollywood scene control his life. He let it at one point, but never again. Due to all the stress and other shit from the business, he found himself deeply involved with cocaine. It became a problem, but he took care of it. He used coke hardcore for about 20 years before he stopped. He said that if there is one bit of information or advice he can give any artist is this. Don't let the business become number one in your life. Your family should always be at the forefront. That is what is most important. Never ever lose sight of it. Khan loves acting, of course, but sees it as a job. And I really love his interpretation of what this means. He says acting isn't his life. He doesn't let it consume him to destroy him. I think there are some actors out there that let it destroy their life. And that's their craft. Khan won't let this happen. It's his job to be an actor. Just like it's a plumber's job to fix your faucet. Simple. He loves his job, but won't let it override what's most important. Family and responsibility. So back to the movies, he went. Alien Nation, 1988. This was a success. I liked it. Khan, he didn't like it. Eh, he didn't hate it. He just didn't prefer it. The premise, a bit silly. Aliens working alongside humans in the workforce. Okay. But the notable performance that put Jimmy Khan back on the map was Misery, of course. This came out in 1990 and was an immediate classic. Kathy Bates is incredible and won the Academy Award. Well-deserved, but Khan's acting flies under the radar, doesn't it? Bates, she's all over the place, being all weird, crazy. But Khan is the one going through all the emotions, and we feel it. We feel it with him. We go through this journey together, Khan and us. Hey, I felt his pain, and he showed it in his face. He showed it in his eyes, his hurt and concern. I mean, the acting by James Khan in Misery 
is fucking brilliant and deserves more recognition, in my opinion. He went through the ringer, that poor guy, and we felt his pain. Here's a tidbit about Misery. Khan showed up one day to the set, hungover. Hit a few the night before. Few drinks. I guess the shooting that day. It didn't go very well. And director Rob Reiner, after watching the final product, decided they need to reshoot it. Khan wasn't told that it was his slushiness or sluggishness that made for the day shoot to be scrapped. Rob Reiner just didn't want to reveal it to him. Khan found out anyway. How? I don't know. But Khan found out the reason why they scratched the shoot that day is because Khan was sluggish. Jimmy approached Reiner and told him he wanted to cover the cost of film for the days of shooting that he was hungover. And I found it interesting that Reiner didn't confront Khan about this straight up. He must have been intimidated by him. He must have. Think about that. He was that intimidating. Interesting. And Khan being such a nice guy after all, going out of his way feeling bad. That, I mean, he didn't show up to the set drunk or anything. He was just dragging a bit from, you know, having a few drinks the night before, having a good time, came in, didn't have enough coffee, whatever. Felt bad about it, covered the cost. James Kahn. I love it. Kahn's character, the writer, would end up laying in bed for over 15 weeks, and Kahn hated it. Kahn wasn't one to just lay around. Jimmy and Kathy Bates have two totally different methods of acting. Khan didn't like or need to rehearse. Kathy loved rehearsing. So, Bates was frustrated with Khan, and Reiner, the director, told her to use that frustration in her acting. Show it to Jimmy in the scene. Next notable performance was in a film called For the Boys, and this was with Bette Midler in 1991. Here is a great quote by Bette Midler about James Kahn. Here we go. Quote, Believe me, his acting school is so much better than mine. Mine is a school of mugging. He has a more languid way of working, and everything he does is very small. He's a master of the small gesture, the flickering eyelash. Everything was exquisitely right. The quote continues. He has all these deep layers of macho stuff. He's very boisterous, very outgoing. But then you work with him and get him in a corner and you realize he's very smart and very sensitive. And that's the end of the quote. I personally remember seeing this movie when I was a kid with my family. And I also recall that my parents loved this movie for the boys. And so did I. You know, many felt that Khan was miscast to play this role. I disagree. He's engaging and full of truth. You care for him through all the bullshit. Bette and James displayed chemistry that's hard to find. And although Mr. Khan has gone on to make many more special acting performances, here's a list of noteworthy ones to me before I end this episode. There was Bottle Rocket. Mickey Blue Eyes with Hugh Grant. Elf. He was an elf. Hey now. He is now part of that one Christmas movie you probably always put in every year. And of course, his beautiful acting in the hit TV show, Las Vegas. I still haven't seen every episode yet, but I plan to do so in the future. Mr. Khan is an actor that brings raw magnetism and charisma to the screen. These are traits that can't be taught in a classroom. This is an innate ability. He not only brings a sensitivity, a vulnerability, but also an edginess. This edginess may very well be 
one of his most valuable traits, his sharp wit. That's something unexpected. You know, the stuff that Khan was talking about when he referenced Brando. The unexpected. Things and traits that make you great. But there was always one thing that we can expect from Mr. Khan. And that was a spot-on, truthful, and warm performance. Thank you, Mr. Jimmy Khan. And here are some extra notes about James himself. He spent nine years on the pro rodeo circuit. Say what? I found this out. Okay, <laughs> excuse me. <clears throat> it's like clear my throat here. Hmm. Because it's just incredible. James Kahn. Loved to ride the bulls. He was on the rodeo circuit, folks. Okay. Um, he loved it so much that he had to have liabilities written into his contracts with the studios while doing a film. You know, just in case anything happened to him during the rodeo, and this th- the studios themselves would be compensated for any accident that may have happened. Incredible stuff. He was a rodeo guy. What the fuck? <laughs> uh, he is also an avid golfer. Um, he's a... I didn't know what this meant, but I wrote it down because it looked important. He's a sixth Dan in karate. Karate! He could kick your ass. He doesn't even need karate, really. Anyway, he's Republican. One of the very few Hollywood personalities that is not a Democrat. And he's not ashamed to admit it. He feels that actors and artists should mind their own business with political views. Thumbs up. I agree. And thank you for everyone out there listening to this episode of The Actors Room. My name is Jeff Tarowski. Hope you enjoyed the show. Hope you have a great night. Please be sure to go on to iTunes. I am now demanding this, and it was brought to my attention that I should demand this a little more sternly. So that's what I'm going to do. If you're still listening to this show, The Actors Room, just highlighted James Kahn. Great fucking show. This is a nice show. I had fun doing it, right? A lot of fun. I need your support. There aren't a lot of people listening, okay? But the ones out there that are, It's very important that you go onto your phone, okay, go onto iTunes, leave comments and reviews. It takes 20 fucking seconds. It helps the show so much. I like got a comment the other day. I mean, it really, it made my week. I read that new comment and I blushed. I really did. It was complimentary. It was fantastic. So if you left that comment and you're listening right now, You have no idea how much that made me feel good inside. It really did. It means the world to me. And the more people that comment on the show or rank the show, you can rate the show. It helps the uh, audience who are looking to find out more about actors and films. My show comes up and I get more listeners. And in the process, I could do more with the show. So please do that. I'm demanding it. Fucking do it. Don't be a little bitch. <laughs> Hello! I'm uh, just on a roll today. And uh, just on a personal note, I had the very last wisdom tooth in my mouth ripped out just the other day. All four of them are gone now. It's taken a while. Whew, that hurts. Uh, if you've never had your tooth pulled out while you're awake, I had no silly gas. Okay, I was fully aware. I had some uh, Novocaine, okay? And at one point, he's yanking my tooth, right? He's drilling in it. They have to crack it first and then, like, pull it out in pieces. I know, right? Unfucking believable Well, he's cracking my tooth, drilling into it. I felt it. I'm like, whoa, hey, doc. Hey, doctor. Mr. Doctor. That fucking hurt, man. I felt that. More Novocaine, bro. So he pumped me full of more Novocaine. Anyways, the reason why I am stating this is because it's really weird. It was a year ago 
just about a year ago, I had the other one taken out. And I was just bleeding that episode. I did, uh, I remember too, I was doing Gary Oldman part two, bleeding during the episode. Well, this one, not bleeding. Bleeding has stopped. I would never do that again, okay? I don't think I would ever do a show where I'm bleeding. That's wrong. I'm not bleeding anymore, but I am still a little off. Uh, You know, when you get your tooth pulled, they give you some pretty good pain relievers. Well, (laughs) I'm due for more in about an hour. Kind of coming down right now. But anyways, that's, uh, that's my story this week. A lot of fun doing James Con. I know, came out of nowhere, right? Talking about my teeth. Thought you might be interested. I also want to state that I have a donate button on my show. You go on the website. <clears throat> Getting flemmy. Near the end, I always get flemmy. You go on the website. Theactorsroom.lipson.com You have to go on a desktop, a real computer, to donate to the show. You can't do it from your phone. Uh, I do have links on my phone, on the, on the, the site. And when you go onto the actor's room and you listen to my show on the phone, through iTunes or whatever, and you use your phone and you click on my website, you're limited. You can't donate. So you got to go online on a computer and donate to the show. 50 cents, a dollar, anything. I would so greatly appreciate it. Don't get frustrated if you can't figure out how to donate. Um, Take a moment. You got to do it on the computer. Theactorsroom.lipson.com Thank you so much for all the support. There are people listening. There's just not a lot. Let's change that. All right. I'm looking to collaborate with my brother Dave in the future. The two of us getting together. Banting back and forth about an actor, actress. Might do a film. Might do a few films. We'll see. Check it out. Future episodes of The Actors Room with my brother, Dave Tarowski. Once again, hope you had a great night. Go out, see that movie tonight. I saw Bohemian Rhapsody about two weeks ago with my family. The movie itself is fine. But wow. The actor that played Freddie Mercury was dead on, almost perfect. I highly recommend going out and seeing Bohemian Rhapsody, not only just for the movie or the story, because the story is not correct. Of course, Hollywood fucks it all up. Don't believe everything that you see in that movie because it's not all true. Okay? See it for what it is, a piece of entertainment. But Freddie Mercury was portrayed in a very nice light and well done by that actor. I recommend it. Please, go on to see it. Plus, you get to hear all those great Queen songs. God bless Freddie Mercury. Going too soon. And God bless you for listening to The Actors Room. Once again, my name's Jeff Tarowski. Have a great day. God bless you. Have a good one.